When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... Whatever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related and we don't bore you, we get into it. Let's do it! This is for my day one's gotta be clear Still moving on baby but I wish you was here Still moving on baby but I gotta get there And before we get started if you would hit that subscribe button and that bell I'd greatly appreciate it Also check out my album The Rise of Tim Roosevelt Out now on all streaming platforms Thank you very much Let's get into the stories though And first story on the docket we got some Bleach related news Very excited to talk about this one because I feel like it's been roughly almost 14 years now since what I'm about to talk about has kind of become a trend or dare I say it a staple for that matter because a trend I don't think will last 14 years of mangaka being involved more in whatever project it may be being looked at as extremely valuable and I point back to the first time that I ever remember this being like really heavily marketed in the manga and anime space and that was with One Piece Strong World I'll never forget how much they pushed forth that, yo, Oda is involved, Oda wrote this, this is from Oda himself, and since then, it's been like, yeah, if you mention and you name drop the original author being a part of whatever production that is going on, ultimately, a lot of people feel more comfortable, a little more confident, and in general, it kind of ideally, as long as the author is well-respected, gives it a little bit more credibility because, oh, the OG author is in it, is not just a brand new staff that don't know nothing about the story bet it's going to be great i remember again it was one piece strong world and then i think there was like a bleach movie that came out about a year or so after the fact it was the hellverse film and i remember they were pushing heavy kubos involved taite kubo so since then it kind of just became a reoccurring theme naruto road to ninja the last boruto naruto the movie all of that they always want to plug in like yo the author the original author he's involved baby and then it started going even towards tv anime like yo y'all didn't know that the author of blah 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 you know fairy tale he's actually doing this and the author of this is doing that it's a commodity and now it seems as though once again they're pulling the card and this time around they're pushing forth even more with the future of the bleach 
anime because apparently even though we've already known because I've reported here multiple times throughout the run thus far of the Thousand Year Blood War that the original creator of Bleach Taite Kubo has been involved in the process it seems as though that they want to reinforce so that you really really know Taite Kubo is going to be even more so involved with the Bleach anime moving forward and before we get into all the details of it I just gotta say like even though it does seem like it's whoa you know they're they're pulling that card so to speak it's a marketing ploy whatever you want to call it nevertheless i always think for better or even worse it's always a good idea to have the original creator involved in whatever especially when it comes to like big projects and big pieces uh it, it just it's a better look it gives you a more true to the essence idea of what the person that came up with all of this to begin with would do on said project so having taite kubo involved already in the process of the thousand year blood war I thought it was fire. I was like, that's, that's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's absolutely great. But now that they're saying that, no, he's going to be even more involved. That is an even better sign because a thousand year blood war artistically, you could argue what you want about the animation, not being the most fluid, but at the very least artistically, and even some of the anime original stuff that Kubo helped them to come up with has been great. There's no denying that the finale of the last part of the thousand year blood war was absolutely fire amazing epic awesome the filler episode quote-unquote filler anime original or extending whatever you want to call it with the royal guards against box people the elites and whatnot was phenomenal honestly like they've just been doing an incredible job thus far let's read though about taite kubo's involvement and what it's going to look like moving forward because yeah he's he's going all in bleach creator taite kubo will be more involved with the anime moving forward bleach ruled the airwaves in the early 2000s and nowadays the series is back in top form after the original series wrapped in 2012 bleach made a return to tv courtesy of bleach's thousand year blood war anime the new anime is tackling the beloved final saga of Titan manga and according to a new post the artist is about to be even more involved with the show recently Kubo admitted this much himself when he posted a new question and answer response on his subscribers only blog club outside a fan asked Kubo about his latest work on the bleach anime and it was there Kubo said he is going to be more involved with the show's third core than any before and before we continue I got to imagine maybe it's due to the high critical praise of the original stuff that they added in the last core like some of that anime original stuff was actually very much so well received and it's like wait a minute you know anime original stuff for some content that's been out for a while on top of that so you know the purists and the hardcores that no don't change anything they're very much so going to be firm on stuff so for them to even accept and embrace the new stuff that Kubo put into the Thousand of Blood War anime that's a very big look and a lot of people aren't understanding just how much of an accomplishment and a feat that in and of itself is. Kubo said, I'm checking the settings and production of the anime graphics and storyboard for the third core of the anime. I feel like I'm starting to get more involved in the storyboard details of the episodes. Normally when a manga is converted into video, the image or message of the manga will vary slightly depending on the audience or recipient. So my current task is to fill in the discrepancies between the different scenes in detail, Kubo shared. As you can see, Kubo is doing plenty on Bleach's Thousand and Blood War. The creators focus on bridging any gaps between the manga and anime while supervising its final cuts. To date, the new Bleach anime has added plenty of original content approved by Kubo, and fans have loved their inclusion. Sounds like Bleach's next core will follow in those footsteps, so yeah, brace yourself for some epicness, some awesomeness. 
And I can't stress enough that ever since its revival, the Bleach series, Bleach franchise, has just been a great, it's just been freaking awesome to enjoy the anime. You know, the one shot that we got a couple of years back that a lot of us are holding out hope like, yo, dog, we're headed on year three pretty well. Yeah, it's year three now at this point of uh, no new Bleach manga chapters that No Breath from Hell was amazing, but I got to imagine that he's holding out. If it's not going to happen in this core, then it'll be when the whole thing wraps up. We'll get that last one and maybe a movie adaptation of it. I don't see why not. The first one was already lengthy. The second one, you make it even more lengthy. Pause. And if you need to add a third one just to make sure that it has enough runtime or you have Kubo add in a whole bunch of original stuff for the film, whatever you want to do. But we've seen already, it's been part of the course that anime that turn their content, some of their manga content into films have been widely successful. I mean, look at what happened with freaking Demon Slayer. I hate to always go and harping back to that one because it's kind of an anomaly but Demon Slayer they made one arc in Demon Slayer a movie the Mugen Train film and well they haven't stopped milking that bad boy since (laughs) but they made you know the Mugen Train film and it was the most successful Japanese film ever period not just anime it's literally Japan's number one thing that they've ever done in no not ever done let me stop but in the anime and manga world they they rocked the show so definitely one of the most highly sold series of all time and manga bleach making a movie out of it yeah we've already loved the tv anime we're fans of the manga longtime fans and whatnot making a film out of the no breath from hell thing would be the natural course and natural thing to do next hopefully ideally they put it in theaters as well i'm good on like throwing it on netflix because usually if it goes to netflix only or something along the lines of that they're gonna cut costs and not gonna make it as cinematic and as theatrical as it's supposed to look We want that, you know, 10 out of 10. If they're making the anime already look dope, the TV anime, then if they do a movie, and and I've strayed far, far away from the original intent of this, you know, piece of the uh, episode... Yeah, ultimately I say all that to say Kubo being involved is a great thing and hopefully we get a film out of the end of this whole situation and in general Kubo uh, keep rocking out. Moving forward, we have a couple of big, big pieces of Jujutsu Kaisen news and it's very exciting to say. Y'all already know in case you don't, Jujutsu Kaisen been going on for quite some time now. It's been, I want to say since 2018, towards the end of 2018 that the series began and it's crazy because sometimes I'll be like, yeah, it's a newbie but in actuality it's already been around for quite some time if it started in 2018 it's been almost six freaking years that's kind of nuts to think about yo time be flying but ultimately Jujutsu Kaisen's ending has been approaching very quickly the creator has said multiple times as of recent that they were going to end the series I believe they actually said already twice now at Shonen Jump Festa oh the manga won't make it to the next Jump Festa they said that last year it made it to the next Jump Festa and they said that again this year but we know for sure that the manga doesn't have the most time it's not going to be like a one piece where it's going to be going on for 20 25 years or anything like that at most maybe another year maybe two because it is an extremely high seller like you're going to see later on in uh the top 50 best-selling manga of the week i did have to take a peek i'm sorry i spoiled it spoiled it spoiled it that jujutsu kaisen sales are just astronomical so that's probably one of the main reasons why they're like yo gege you think you got a bunch of subplot and make it really really good and don't you know uh disrupt the flow 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, of the story, and he's probably like, yeah, 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 yeah. I love the bag. Go ahead. But for starters, we got here because we got two pieces of news. One of which says Jujutsu Kaisen editor says something quote unquote shocking is on the horizon. Jujutsu Kaisen has been working its way through the intense fight in the manga's latest chapters, and the editor behind it all says something shocking is coming on the way in the next chapters. Jujutsu Kaisen has been in the midst of an intense new arc as the culling game draws to a close, but that's not the only ongoing story coming to ahead as Kenjaku is also making his final play towards his real plans for what's coming after the culling game and Jujutsu Kaisen fans have been curious to see how each of the cliffhangers left on both of these major fights will resume next making way for the next chapter of the Jujutsu Kaisen manga even tougher the editor behind the series teased that something shocking is coming to the manga soon in a recent live variety show for One Piece in Japan the crew of the show took a tour of Shueisha's weekly Shonen Jump magazine to speak with the editor behind the manga series as noted during this tour one of the hosts apparently caught eye of Jujutsu Kaisen's editor Junya Fukuda working on a future chapter of the series and was drawn to something particular while this moment wasn't revealed on the broadcast Fukuda himself teased it was a shocking event coming in a future chapter the same program also had Fukuda tease that Jujutsu Kaisen series creator Gagakutami is already aware of how he wants the series to end and has told his editor his plans for the grand finale with Akutami previously teasing a desire to end the manga within the next year or so each new chapter of the series is more potential shocking and yeah the second piece of news is essentially that Jujutsu Kaisen has settled on an ending according to the series editor Kaisen captured the attention of millions by now since the manga got on the way the hit series earned praise for its art and creator Gagakutami has kept its story complex yeah no shit mate I barely sometimes understand what the heck be going on with the power system of course all things must end at some point and Akutami has put a lot of thought into the story's final scene in fact the creator has an official ending in mind and Jujutsu Jujutsu Kaisen editor Junya Fukuda isn't telling anyone anything about it. The confession came in a recent interview from Japan that put a show host deep within Shueisha. It was there the host met up with Fukuda ahead of Jujutsu Kaisen's new chapter drop. It was there the pair began chatting and Fukuda did confirm that he knows the ending of the manga. According to Fukuda, Akutami relayed the ending himself and the editor felt joyful after learning the ending. Interesting. Maybe there's some a happy ending involved. Who knows? Of course, the program host went on to ask Fukuda what he could share about the finale. The top-notch editor kept mum as the finale is not his to disseminate. But there is one person who could get him to spill the beans. When chatting with the show host, Fukuda was hit with an offer that's too good to pass up. The editor was asked whether he'd trade the ending of Jujutsu Kaisen with the editor of One Piece. If he did, then Fukuda would be made privy to the ending of Eichiro Oda's hit series. Fukuda said he'd okay the exchange in this hypothetical situation. However, neither of these editors need to worry. They are sworn to secrecy when it comes to work. So the finale of Jujutsu Kaisen and One Piece are both safe. And I'll be honest with you, that would be one heck of a predicament. Imagine somebody's like, yo, dog, you know the ending of Jujutsu Kaisen? I'll tell you the ending of One Piece is a swap, but at the same time, you're sworn to secrecy. So if you, you know, go against the grain and be like, 
Damn, let me tell you. So it ends with, you know, everybody defeats Kenjaku and they call it a day. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a big deal. Likewise, I can't even fathom what the ending of One Piece is going to be like. Yeah, they, they find the One Piece and it's blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that, that'd be a crazy scenario. But either way, I think it's an interesting fact to note. I don't want to say it's for the best because putting an ending in stone doesn't always mean that it's gonna be the best story ever for example like if you ever heard of how i met your mother they had filmed i don't know what was like five six seasons or something like that like a lot of seasons went on but they had filmed the ending of how i met your mother during like season two because the kids was going to grow up or something like that. In case you don't know, it's a live action sitcom that ended a while back or whatnot. Uh, but they had that ending filmed. And the story morphed so much in between season two to like whenever the series ended. That by the time they actually played that ending, it was kind of like it doesn't really fit and work anymore with the story. Because the story itself evolved so much past what that initial ending would have been. So having Jujutsu Kaisen's ending set in stone of this is what's going to happen. Maybe now it might not be as bad like okay you know we're in the home stretch anyway so maybe having the ending right now it'll probably be a lot more palatable because the story isn't gonna morph that drastically from now to the ending opposed to if Gagakutami would have been like yeah during the ending of season one I already had the thoughts of how this thing is gonna end like yeah you can have those thoughts but ultimately you have to let the story itself get told it's an interesting concept of yeah you're telling the story but if you have the ending set in stone in the very beginning the story might not allow for it to make sense or just feel like the proper ending by the time you get to the ending as long as you continue going and the fact that the editor said something shocking is on the horizon i'm hearing some things about you know the latest chapter i won't share again i'm not gonna spoil and i'm not really spoiled i've just heard that there's some epic stuff to come maybe that might be what the editor is referring to i don't know but either way a lot to sit and think about again for starters uh you know gege akutami actually having the ending set and ready to rock and roll and also shocking events to come which at the end of the day is Jujutsu kaisen are you shocked to know that something shocking is going to happen in the story that always has something shocking happening you know like removing one of the most popular characters from the manga satoru gojo for like years you know what i'm saying it's it, it's been a wild ride but yeah, figured I'd share some pretty big, interesting pieces of news regarding Jujutsu Kaisen with you guys. Moving forward, I got like a million pieces of One Piece news here from the live action to all sorts of stuff. Let's just read. One Piece is planning an iconic animator's return. Sometimes it takes a village to make an anime and One Piece is no different. Toy Animation recently began the Egghead arc, the first storyline of the final saga that will see Luffy and the Straw Hat sail into the sunset for the last time. With the anime adaptation releasing some wild animation as a part of the War for Wano arc, the TV series will be employing the use of an iconic animator who has lent their talents to a number of big series. Toei had their work cut for them in the Wano arc, thanks in part to the fight featuring Monkey D. Luffy and Kaido. As a result of the confrontation between the Straw Hat Captain and the leader of the Beast Pirates, the Egghead arc will not only see Luffy using the form once again following the meetup with Dr. Vegapunk, but some of the fights that have been featured so far in the manga will put the animation studio to the test. Vincent Chancerd has become a big name in the anime world as the French animator has lent his talents to some major franchises. On his resume, Chancerd has worked on the likes of Black Clover, hey, Boruto Naruto Next Generations, what part of it? Because if it's on some of the crying meme stuff, we don't want you, homie. I'm just saying, no. <laughs> uh, Mob Psycho 100, Jujutsu Kaisen, and Fate Grand Order, to name a few. Yeah, homie is legit. Chancellor has even worked on One Piece in the past, having lent his talents to the recent movie, as well as 
One Piece film Red is the recent movie. Yeah, this article is wacky. One Piece Egghead's arc recently made its way to Netflix, proving how the streaming service appears to be going all in when it comes to the Grand Line, with the second season of the live-action adaptation in the works, and a remake from Wit Studio to boot. The platform is looking to keep Straw Hat fans happy for quite some time. And yeah, essentially a notable animator. A lot of people are saying he's the Jujutsu Kaisen animator, but clearly he's been on a lot of projects. Very talented. Is going to the One Piece anime. So I say all that to say that expect the One Piece anime to continue to look amazing. Honestly, the One Piece anime, ever since it started the Wano arc, it's really just been looking beautiful. Now, adaptation-wise, that's a different ball game. Honestly, the One Piece anime never really recovered ever since the time skip of the pacing issues that it had. Like even pre-time skip, it had had some pacing issues but definitely post time skip the dragging of episodes the dragging of content you know adapting half a chapter into an episode and all of that jazz has been ridiculous to say the least with one piece so ultimately yeah it's gonna look pretty there they got this you know top tier animator on there but i don't want to be you know going crazy about the one piece anime because i've been disappointed in the past i'll be honest with you like one piece anime great to marathon one of the most awesome experiences you'll have but if you have any plans on keeping up weekly, uh, I don't know. At least for me, I couldn't really do it any longer. Moving forward, Netflix's One Piece Nami actress wants to be a straw hat for as long as possible. I gotta imagine anybody would want to do their job uh, as long as they can. One Piece's live action series is currently now in the works for the second season coming to Netflix in the future, and the actress behind Nami is hoping to keep playing the character for as long as Netflix will let her. One Piece live action series was one of the most successful manga and anime to live action adaptations in recent memory, as not only was it a commercial success for Netflix, often topping its weekly watch charts, but was also very successful with fans of the original series. This is largely in thanks to the cast behind it all too. One Piece Season 2 was announced to be in the works following its great reception with Netflix, and the cast bringing the Straw Hats to life will all presumably return to their roles for the new episodes. This likely includes Emily Rudd, who recently shared with fans on social media that she wants to stay on for as long as she can. When asked by a fan if she was committed to Nami until the end, Rudd answered with, I am her and she is me as long as they will let me. Amen. <laughs> Shorty did a full-blown prayer to be playing Nami till the end. Netflix has announced for One Piece Season 2 is now in the works but has yet to reveal a release date or window at the time of this writing. The main cast is presumably going to return for the new episodes but has yet to be confirmed either. There's a large cast of characters with One Piece. I'd say more than likely all of the Straw Hats will remain with the same actors but there's a high probability some characters characters that are set to return or that are integral to the story might switch actors depending on what's going on like who knows the actor that plays shanks might get a better offer to do something else it might be like yo that one piece stuff is cool though they give me the bag bag over here y'all have a good time on the ship i'm out and i'm just throwing shanks as an example it could be anybody it could be mihawk it could be buggy although buggy you might be able to get past because he has a bunch of makeup on you get what i'm saying with emily rudd being as committed as she is knowing one piece's original releases still haven't ended yet hopefully that means a very long and successful run for the live action if you wanted to catch up of course with one piece before season two yeah it's out right now i definitely say like yeah, that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, shout-outs to the cast and whatnot, but a lot of these people that are actually on the One Piece live action, this is like their first major roles that they've had. So, yeah, they probably are going to want to build up their reputation and their resume before they venture off into Hollywood. She's saying this now, but if Shorty blows up within the next three or four years and becomes a prominent actress, she may very well dip. And who knows, maybe the live action will write out Nami as a character altogether and really piss fans off. Let's, let's go. No. And I say, 
that as a joke because at the end of the day so far the One Piece live action has done great things but who knows and speaking of it Netflix's One Piece was the most in-demand show of 2023 according to this article one piece made its live action series adaptation debut with netflix last summer and the series turned out to be the most in demand show released last year there was quite a bit of pressure on one piece to succeed with its live action adaptation as Ichiro Oda's original manga release is one of the most popular comics of all time and the anime that spawned from it is also one of the most successful anime releases thankfully the series itself ended up challenging it head on with a very successful live action series adaptation when it premiered last summer one piece live action series dominated netflix to streaming charts in the week since its debut last summer and a second season was announced to be in the works when looking at the numbers brought together by parrot analytics and the rap now there's no real question why as the demand for one piece was 52.8 times more than any other streaming originals in the first 30 days of its release in the united states a demand that continues to this date that is astronomically crazy I- it almost feels un- unfathomable. 52 times more, 50, almost 53 times more than any other streaming original. And according to the chart, the most in-demand streaming originals released in 2023 are as follows. It was, of course, One Piece at number one with 52.8 times. Uh, Ahsoka, the Disney Plus series, I think, is that related to Star Wars or am I off on that? That's 50.7. Secret Invasion, Disney Plus, Gen V, Private. Gen V was pretty dope. I like Gen V. Daisy Jones and the Six, Blue Eyes Samurai. That one caught a lot of traction and even we reported what an episode or two ago that the creator of Game of Thrones came out praising it. Uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. That's on Apple TV. The Night Agent from Netflix and Squid Game, The Challenge. And yeah, those were the most in-demand streaming originals and i'll say out of all of those i really only checked out the gen v show i checked out a little bit of blue-eyed samurai i gotta get back into that i seen a tiny bit of the squid game challenge and of course i watched one piece netflix i, I want to watch the ahsoka show but that's crazy that one piece toppled star wars uh, uh the boys spinoff Blue-Eyed Samurai that is being praised by the creator of Game of Thrones. Like, pretty high and awesome stuff. And again, in the world of One Piece, the One Piece creator has informed another person how the series will end. Is Yo, our mangaka just telling everybody, like, yo, let me tell you how it ends. Let me tell you how it ends. One Piece is likely still quite a ways away from actually ending, but it appears that creator behind it all clued in another person as to how it will all end with the One Piece treasure itself. Now that series creator Ichiro Oda is working through the first major arc of the final saga of the series, fans have begun trying to figure out how the long-running series will actually come to an end. Each new chapter of the series comes with big reveals, but at the same time also brings up major questions about how they'll relate to the grand finale. Oda himself has also gone on record a few times over the years with his desire to bring the series to an end within a few years. And to that end, a few people working closely with the manga series have been told Oda's highly confidential plans for the end of the manga overall. Now it includes One Piece's current editor, Kaito Anayama, who revealed during a One Piece live variety show in Japan that he's been told about the series ending stating yes i know what the one piece is i bet he feels like you know such an honor and a privilege the what when and how one piece will end are still very much a mystery even as the manga has started what it calls the final saga of the series while it's been made clear that all of the key crews in the series are now working their way towards the final island laptail it's not clear how this final phase of the series will last as the egghead arc reaches its climax in the latest chapters what has been made clear is the ending isn't anytime soon as it only sparked much bigger mysteries needing to be solved. The final foes are also starting to become more clear as not only 
are the five elders a threat, but they're kings sitting above them as well. Then there's the pirate side of things with potential final clashes against Shanks, Blackbeard, and even Buggy still needing to go down before Luffy can even sniff his true goal, which is still unknown to read as well. Being Pirate King is definitely up there, right? But still, One Piece of the Grand Finale is more in sight now than it ever has been. And yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that the editors, every time they come on board, are going to be informed on how the series ends. How can you edit the story and give proper guidance if you don't know where it's going to end? But the guy that's writing it is. You kind of have to fill him in if you know where the story is ultimately headed. Then we have One Piece staff praises Toei Animation's work conditions. Yeah, this is 110%. I don't want to say propaganda because maybe the work conditions aren't that bad but this is 110 percent in response to all of the stuff over the last years of you know allegations against these animation studios and definitely in response to the recent stuff that's been going on with studio mappa the employees speaking now it, you know sounds like a horror film over there for the animators this is them trying to you know uh give public perception a good shot at looking at toei like well they're not bad you know mappa may be Ooh, but we, we're the good guys you know we make the fun goofy looking cartoons the anime industry may be booming but that does not mean its artists are taking home fat checks for the past decade animators have been open about the tough work conditions in the field in 2020 reports revealed first year animators often earn under $300 a month despite insane hours this issue is widespread in anime but thanks to some One Piece staffers fans are feeling good about Toei Animation's piece of the puzzle recently two Toei animation workers opened up about their experience with pay and work while helping on one piece it was there vincent chancer and dorian colon said that they have been pleased with the conditions at work and we just spoke about vincent chancer that he returned to the one piece anime and if i'm not mistaken he's like a highly regarded animator that has been on black clover boruto he's been all over the place so he's not like a a rookie guy per se also he's a french animator so he's kind of a foreigner maybe things may i don't know he said i'm going to go to japan soon for one year and i'm going to work in-house for one piece not all toy series are the oh so he hasn't worked in-house with them yet hmm, interesting not all toy series are the same but one piece the working conditions are really good how would you know if you haven't even been there yet adding in dolan seconded his co-worker even as a freelancer i had deadlines for a month for a layout while on other weekly anime it can be three to four days one piece is an incredible experience i love it Obviously, the pair did not discuss pay during the live stream, but Toy Animation is often ranked high when it comes to animators' salaries. In 2022, reports revealed its average monthly salary for in-house animators is about two grand, which $2,000. Just imagine this for a second. They're telling you that $2,000 a month is high pay. For these animators disturbing of course freelance rates vary by project but dolan seems pleased with his time on one piece so hopefully toy animation spreads love amongst all its series sadly the rest of the anime industry has yet to roll out condition fixes for employees in 2021 organizations like the animator dormitory project revealed some novice animators were only banking six thousand dollars annually despite working full-time in the anime industry so if that is not considered unreasonable then i don't oh my god six thousand dollars a year bro yeah uh, i don't know how i feel about these animators that one I, both of them haven't even been actually on location or whatnot 
uh, speaking up about like, yeah, no, it's great, man. It's great. It's been great because probably you've been at the comfort of your home, wherever you're at, if it's in France or whatnot, you're comfortable there animating at your leisure or whatnot. Being locked in their studios over there might be a different ball game. I don't know. Eh. I, I, I rarely want to give any sort of kudos to the anime industry unless it truly looks like some change. Because in all honesty, once again, like, dog, $6,000 a year. Talking about $2,000 a month is like high. Like, yo, that's some next level stuff. Like, I'm thinking you're going to say, you know, or the average person, shall I say, because I know better. But the average person is going to be thinking like, oh, they're going to get 20000 a month, 10000 a month, something high, right? You know, that's that's crazy. An animator, but... But 2000 and even $20,000 a month for the work that they do and the amount of destroying they do to their bodies being hunched over 21 hours a day type deal. Insane. But moving forward, One Piece's remake anime has been in the works for a while. Yes, we're in the One Piece world right now. Bear with me. And if you love One Piece, you're having a blast hearing all of this. Netflix has been all in when it comes to the world of One Piece in recent memory. Alongside creating a live action anime adaptation that was confirmed for a second season, the streaming service also brought the Egghead arc to its platform. During the latest Jump Festa, Netflix announced that it was working with Wit Studio on a rebooted anime series dubbed The One Piece. And a new financial report reveals that the production studio has been working on the series longer than some might think. Wit Studio has made a name for itself in the anime world with some fan-favorite series. Perhaps the biggest series that helped put its name on the map was Attack on Titan, which Wit handled the first three seasons of what some might say are the best-looking three seasons, since covering the story of the Scout Regiment. Wit has been busy handling series such as Vinland Saga, Ranking of Kings, and Spy Family. And by the way, that's Vinland Saga Season 1. Wit is looking to make a splash in 2024 with the upcoming arrival of the Suicide Squad Isekai anime, which will take the DC villains and throw them into their first anime series. When it comes to One Piece's current anime series, the Straw Hats are nearing their 1100th episode, meaning Wit will have some serious catching up to do. Yeah, this is... An interesting experiment. In a quarterly financial report, Wit Studios showed that they were working on the One Piece as early as September 2023, listed under Video Production Operations. This note means that the rebooted anime series was being worked on months prior to the December 17th announcement that revealed the One Piece to the world. Ultimately, it'll be interesting to see when Wit takes on the Grand Line arrives and if it will give the main series a run for its money. It's not going to give no... They're going to be doing two different things. This is going to be like a... Nostalgia play. Also, hey, you've always complained about what One Piece looks like. Here's how maybe some of y'all actually would dig One Piece looking like in a different style or whatnot. Not to mention all the people that got into the live action. This could be a big deal or this could bomb. Because it's weird that they're simultaneously doing this while also trying to get new people with the live action. You know what I'm saying? Like, which one do you want? You want the reboot animated people get into or the live action? Like, you're not expecting people to watch because at this point, they're competing with themselves. You got the ongoing anime. You got the manga. You got the live action. And then you got the reboot make anime all going on simultaneously that's four different things so to be a one piece fan and to be all in that is a lot i mean i'm sure content creators that do only one piece stuff are are you know an amazement like oh i could talk to manga i could talk to anime when live action rolls around i got that and i got wits reboot the one piece content treasure is never gonna end but for the average one piece fan it might be overwhelming i feel it's very much so overwhelming i can't keep up with all of it this is why i don't keep up with the one piece anime i drop in from time to time but it's not something that i stay consistent with obviously i keep up with the manga live action it'll come once in a blue moon and i'll check out this the one piece but if it isn't like straight up feeling like i don't know studio you did it eh, 
I don't know. Netflix is clearly aiming to be the premier location for all things One Piece. Shocking fans when it was announced that the platform will be releasing its current episodes on a weekly basis along with the likes of Crunchyroll. While we might not see the One Piece in the second season of the live action adaptation arrive this year, the Straw Hat Pirates are becoming more of a part of the platform strategy for anime and otherwise. And then we have One Piece Luffy dub voice actress reacts to Netflix's live action series. That's interesting. I did want to know the dub cast of the One Piece anime thought about the live act did they actually have no there was no need because it was already made in, in dub for years Colin Clinkenbeard has been lending her talents to the grand line voicing the role of Monkey D. Luffy for One Piece's English dub of its wildly popular anime Clinkenbeard isn't the only iteration that we've seen as of late for the Straw Hat Captain however as Netflix releases live action take 2023 in a recent social media post the voice of English Luffy has shared her thoughts on Netflix's recent live action One Piece series Clinkenbeard might be best known for taking on the role of the rubber pirate who has skyrocketed in popularity, but she has had quite a few roles in the anime world since first beginning her voice acting career. On top of One Piece, Colleen has major roles in My Hero Academia, Eden Zero, Fruits Basket, Dragon Ball Super, and Attack on Titan. While One Piece is currently exploring its final saga in the anime adaptation, this doesn't mean that Clinkenbeard is set to stop voicing Luffy anytime soon. There will most likely still be years of story that are weaved by creator Eiichiro Oda that will be adapted to the TV series. Here were Colleen Clinkenbeard's thoughts on the latest live action series portraying the straw hat pirates in a brand new way she said just finished one piece on netflix and i really enjoyed it it's hard to get all of that content into such a small number of episodes but they managed it while keeping the heart of the story intact so fun to watch all the actors fall in love with luffy we also have netflix's one piece inaki godoy discusses the pressures of playing luffy the update comes straight from godoy as the actor did an interview with the laterals appearing on the magazine's cover godoy spoke about his growing career which includes one piece it was there the actor shared his love for luffy and while the role did pressure him at first the character grew on him before long there were times when it was very hard and the pressure of it all got to me but you know if you continue playing luffy for a long time his spirit takes over you and somehow you sometimes forget that you're working on this massive production because you start to have fun like him of course fans of one piece will know what godoy is talking about yes luffy is a huge popular character in anime but he isn't difficult the captain of the straw hat crew is an open book for the most part while luffy does have his serious moments the pirate is all about freedom and adventure the pirate's breezy attitude helped godoy relax on set and his portrayal of luffy went down without a hitch and yes people that is all of the One Piece news I got. Yo, I just need like a whole other segment. Like maybe I should have a spinoff segment, the the One Piece news segment. You know what I'm saying? Because that was a lot. But One Piece fans, I hope you enjoyed. And if you're not a One Piece fan, welcome aboard, I guess. Maybe you will be. Moving forward, something I wanted to cover. I'm not going to cover everything about this, but I did want to talk about it because the Crunchyroll Anime Awards for this upcoming year are fastly approaching. And before we even get into that, real quickly, I just want to say because apparently it's been announced that Megan the Stallion will be presenting awards at the 2024 Crunchyroll Anime Awards on March 2nd, which, yo, dog, that's my birthday. They're going to have Meg the Stallion talking anime on my birthday. Crunchyroll, why why no invite, dog? Why, what, what happened? What, we, we used to love each other. What's going on here? Why can't I meet, you know what I'm saying, the, the stallion herself, dog? Crunchyroll. Hit me up, nimrodmediainc at gmail.com. I, I want to meet Meg. Come on. And Meg, if you see this, wow. All right, enough of that. Enough, enough. Crunchyroll Anime Awards revealed 2024 nominees. Roll out the red carpets. Crunchyroll announced the nominees for its 2024 Anime Awards on Wednesday. The award ceremony will take place in Tokyo March 2nd, and there will be a global live stream. Fans can vote every day starting today until January 27th at 2.59 p.m. EST on the Anime Awards website. Make your voice heard and vote today. 
Presenters for the ceremony and pre-show include Meg Thee Stallion, Iman Vellani from Miss Marvel, Lisa, Japanese nightclub host Roland, American fashion model Aquaria, British rapper Che Lingo, content creator Lena Lemon, artist, producer, vocalist, DJ Yaji, and singer Lona Garcia. And here are the nominees. And again, I'm not going to go through every nominee. Let's start off with Anime of the Year. It's Bochi the Rock, Chainsaw Man, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Swordsmith Village Arc, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Oshinoko, and Villain Saga. And outside of Bochi and Oshinoko, I've seen everything else on this list. And I will say that Demon Slayer, it had a great ending, but it probably doesn't deserve it. I would probably go out of all of these, either Jujutsu or Villain Saga and... Yeah, it's a tough one for me between the two of them because they both had strong reasonings behind them. Some people have their problem with Villain saying that it, it was slower for season two than season one, but I really rock with Villain Saga season two. So uh, I, I might go with that Villain Saga season two. Uh, but then we have best continuing series. They have Attack on Titan, the final chapter, special one. Oh God, so Attack on Titan will be in the next award ceremony as well. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Source Myth Village Arc, Jujutsu Kaisen season two, One Piece, by family and villain saga okay for best continuing series man one piece had a strong year and jujutsu kaisen as well i'm gonna say jujutsu kaisen because out of everything jujutsu kaisen made the most noise even above attack on titan shout out to attack on titan maybe for the final chapters part two i'll give it that but uh, i'm gonna give jujutsu kaisen on this one and if it, it wasn't jujutsu kaisen it would have probably been one piece if i'm being honest because this has been the year of one piece so i gotta i gotta give the nod there for that best new series bochi the rock Chainsaw Man, Heavenly Delusion, I want to watch that. Hell's Paradise, Oshinoko, Zom 100. From those, Hell's Paradise was pretty dope. I'm going to go with Chainsaw Man just because I love Chainsaw Man Part 1 and I felt the anime was fine. I don't know why people were bugging out so badly about it other than maybe a tonal switch, but fans were doing the most. I'm going to say Chainsaw Man for me. Then Best Film, Black Clover, Sword of the Wizard King, Blue Giant, Kaguya-sama Love is War, The First Kiss That Never Ends, Psychopaths, Providence, Suzume, and The First Slam Dunk. Well, I only seen out of this list the Black Clover movie, so <laughs> there's my vote and I love the Black Clover movie, but I heard a lot of really awesome things about The First Slam Dunk. And I really wanted to watch Suzume. I regret that I didn't watch Suzume. So, yeah, I'll go with Black Clover. Let me know what you think on that one. Best Original Anime. Akiba Maid War, Birdie Wing, Golf Girls Story Season 2, Buddy Daddies, Do It Yourself, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, and The Marginal Service. I have no idea any of these. I haven't watched them. Best Animation. This is a tough one. Trigun Stampede looked really good mob psycho 100 season 3 looked really good jujutsu kaisen season 2 looked phenomenal demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba swordsman village arc outside of the two or three instances of cg looked incredible chainsaw man looked incredible attack on titan the final seasons chapters uh special or the final chapter special one looked incredible everything on here looked phenomenal this is a really really tough one let's see best animation i'm going to land with for this one i'm gonna say jujutsu kaisen season two i'm gonna say that because what Studio Mappa did was incredible. So I'm going to go with Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. If it wasn't Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, I honestly wanted to go with Trigun Stampede. Because that was one of the best looking, if not the best looking, utilization of 3D CG. Period. Trigun Stampede looked phenomenal. 
from what I saw. I haven't finished that one yet, but the animation art was incredible. Uh, best character design. This one more feels like a preference thing, but Trigun Stampede, Oshinoko, Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Hell's Paradise, Demon Slayer. Chain- I'm going with Chainsaw Man. I'm flat out. I got to go with... Ch- well, okay, no, no, no. I want to go with Chainsaw Man. Hold on. Hold on, fanboy. Relax. I'm going to go with Hell's Paradise. That's The the character designs of Hell's Paradise are freaking awesome. So I'm going to say, you know, the kimonos look great and all. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hell's Paradise for that one. Um, and then there's a lot more that I didn't want to cover. There's Best Director, Best Cinematography. Oh, Best Art Direction. Chainsaw Man. See, I would have given it an attack on Titan on this one or even Bleach. Wow, there's no Bleach? Bleach didn't get nominated? Really? I'm going to say for Best Art Direction. Damn, I want to go with Jujutsu Kaisen again. Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to probably go with Demon Slayer for this one. I'd say art-wise, which I know people, they can't distinguish art and animation, a lot of people. But art-wise, it was phenomenal. But Hell's Paradise was dope, too. And Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 was just, I don't want to say perfect, but it was up there. Best Action. One Piece. Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2. Demon Slayer. Chainsaw Man. Bleach. Attack on Titan. I'm going to go with Bleach. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going with Bleach. Like, shout outs to Attack on Titan. I would have given it an Attack on Titan. Bleach was phenomenal on the action. There's no denying it. Bleach gets best action from me. Hopefully, they oblige and they don't be like, it's so long. I can't vote for it. Give it a Bleach. Skipping over Best Fantasy. Best Drama. Attack on Titan. Heaven. Okay, off this list, I'm going with, ooh, two year. No, I haven't watched season two of Two Year Eternity. Villain Saga has some great drama. Realistic drama, villain saga. The best drama, though, Attack on Titan. There you go. Attack on Titan gets one from me. The best drama. The drama was insane in that, okay? And that was the first part, not even the second part yet, but the drama was incredible. Best main character, skipping over best slice of life. Bochi from Bochi the Rock, Denji, Eren Yeager, Mob, Monkey D. Luffy, or Thorfinn. Best main character, okay. I don't know Bochi. G, I love Denji, but best, he's just a horny idiot. Let's be real here. Uh, I'm going to go with Eren Yeager. Okay, Jack on Titan gets another one. I'm going to go with Eren Yeager because Mob, he's like quiet, timid. Luffy is Luffy, dog. We love Luffy, but it's not like, oh my God, he reinvents the wheel. He's just, he's awesome Luffy. And Thorfinn is a great main character too. So Thorfinn will be my second, but I got to go with Eren Yeager. The complexities of his character, the fact that you can't say he's the good guy or the villain, or some might say he's the good guy and other people are going to be like, no. Oh, what are you talking about? He's bad. So very complex character. Easily gets best main character for me, actually. Best supporting character. Taka, Reagan, Mob Psycho. Ooh, that's a tough one right there. Hanzo. Oh my god, Hanji. I uh Kana Arima Oshinoko. I'm not sure on that one. Power. Oh shit. Gojo and Ghetto. Okay. I'm gonna start process elimination. I don't know Oshinoko, so that's out of here. Ghetto is cool, but I'm not gonna give it a ghetto. So now we got Gojo, Power, Hanji, and Reagan. Bro, this is this is the one out of all of the list right here. This is the tough one. Cause I was gonna immediately go with Reagan. But then I was like, Hanji, she took the L for all of us. And then I'm uh power. Like I am beyond. If there's a, a number one fanboy of power in this world, it is me, okay? I love me some power times a trillion. So this is a tough one. Do I go with uh, his best supporting character? Not favorite. Relax, Tim. Not favorite. Best. And then Gojo is Gojo. I'm not going to go with Gojo. He wasn't all in season two anyway. And even though his his part was very impactful because the beginning of season two was about really his stuff with Ghetto and whatnot. And he did play it. Oh, that feels unfair even to say. This is a tough one. All right. 
Fanboy me is power all the way. Like, just I would just straight up go with power because that's my favorite character of all of these. I do think Regan is an incredibly strong supporting character. I don't remember how... Like, nothing really in Season 3 of... Oh, no, he did. He helped Mob figure it out. Ah, this is too complicated. I'm going to just say a tie between Regan, Hanj, and Power... And probably even Gojo. It's a four-way tie for me. I can't choose. Uh, the fanboy in me want to go with power. The emotional side of me want to cry and say, but Hanji. Uh, Reagan, I feel like is probably, maybe I have to go with Reagan because this is best. And Reagan did his thing, but Gojo. Oh, you let me know. You let me know. I can't decide. I'm sorry. I can't. I love all of them. Ah! Then let's go to best anime song. We got Idol from Oshinoko. I'm not familiar with that. Kickback from Chainsaw Man. Woo! That was a dope one. I'm not familiar with Bochi the Rock. I'm not familiar with Suzume. Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, Where Our Blue Is. And Work by Hell's Paradise. Man, I'm going to go with Kickback from Chainsaw Man because that one was very hype. I'm going to go with Kickback. That shit was awesome. And yeah, again, there's a whole list here. Hopefully my editor... Put, just throws them on the screen and also cyberpunk edge run is one anime of the year last year if you were interested but uh just i guess the most important one that most people will say is well which one is anime of the year again anime of the year for me i think i said jujutsu kaisen right and if i didn't yeah it'd probably jujutsu kaisen season two it was it was phenomenal moving forward we got a couple of pieces of the demon slayer news for starters kimetsu no yaiba tv anime swordsmith village arc was the most watched anime show from 2023 averaging 15.4 million viewers and a 22.8 million peak the compilation film of red light district arc averaged 10.3 million viewers and a 22.5 million peak all that to say demon slayer is ridiculously successful then we got demon slayer hashira training arts anime trailer reveals global theatrical screening dates. Crunchyroll Aniplex of America announced on Thursday that Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba to the Hashira training the theatrical screening of the one hour first episode of Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba Hashira training arc TV anime and the final episode of Demon Slayer Swordsman Village arc will premiere in North American theaters February 23rd and will sh- uh, and Crunchyroll stream the trailer for it. Global theatrical screenings include and they have the whole list here so you can know what country or whatnot if you want. A big part of me is like why am I going to do this to myself? I I went last year and I was very disappointed because it was basically recap and oh, some an episode that I'm going to see on TV or not on TV, but on streaming in another little bit. The anime will screen in IMAX and premiere in large formats. Uh, I think I'm going to pass on this one unless my kids really push me to and nowadays they're not that big into Demon Slayer. I think Demon Slayer is milking it too far to the point where people that loved it are starting to lose interest because it's like, can we just get on with it already? Which I completely understand. Ufotable is taking their time and making it right and all that jazz. But yeah, we're losing interest. Uh, based on my last experience, I'd be silly to go other than the fact of, hey, I want to go to the theaters to watch some type of anime related stuff. But yeah, if you want to know, in North America, February 23rd, you'll be able to watch the first episode of the Hashira training arc along with the last episode of the last season of Demon Slayer. And the training arc will start in spring, which is good. That means that there's not a big gap between last year's season and this year's season but i think i'm just gonna wait for spring i'm gonna keep it real with you i don't think i'm going to theater if i do i do i'll let you know but i don't see it happening my hero academia black clover star starts hiatus following surgery 
Junichi Suwabe, one of the anime veterans voice actors, is finally at home recovering after surgery. Taken to social media, the Japanese star penned a letter to fans announcing his recent discharge from the hospital. Suwabe reveals he was hospitalized for a week after surgery and his recovery is going well. For those unaware of Suwabe's stay at the hospital, the actor shared plans for a hiatus back in December. The voice actor announced he would kick off 2024 with a hiatus as he needed to undergo surgery. Suwabe did not reveal what surgery he needed, but the actor did say the treatment would resolve his ongoing medical condition. And if for those of you who don't know, he played uh, Aizawa, my hero, Yami and Black... Oh, he's a legend. Yami and Black Clover, he's a legend. From Fate's Day Night to Black Butler, Suwabe is in hot demand as an anime voice actor. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aizawa and Yami. Can Need I say more? Still, not, nothing is more important than one's health. Of course, we know that. And yes, salute to Suwabe, though. Get better. We need our Yami and Aizawa when Black Clover's anime inevitably returns. Because by golly, I'm going to keep on saying it's definitely returning no matter what. We need you. Likewise, we need Aizawa-sensei, okay? Get better. Godspeed. Then in One Punch Man-related news, One Punch Man's one Kiyoshitara published second chapter of Bugego Manga. The second volume of Shueisha's Young Jump Dai Ichiwa magazine supplement published the second chapter of manga creators One Punch Man, Mob Psycho 100, and Kyoto Shitara's Katagi Modoshi Bugego manga on Thursday alongside this year's 7th issue of Weekly Young Jump. The magazine noted that the manga is being turned into a serialization but it is not clear if Shueisha will continue to publish the manga only in the irregularly published supplement or not. Isn't one also doing that superhero story or uh, it was like a quest story I forgot I covered it a, a while back but did one finish that? What, what's happening here? Is one going to do One Punch Man this and that other story, which, I mean, they were doing One Punch Man, Mob Psycho, and I think something else simultaneously as well, but, geez. The pair published the first chapter in the first volume of the Young Jump Daiichiwa magazine supplement in April 2023. The supplement, whose title literally translates to Young Jump Chapter 1, consists of a collection of first chapters for manga that their creators envisioned to be serialized, and readers vote on which manga gets an actual serialization in the main weekly Young Jump magazine. Bugego was not part of that contest, but nevertheless ran a first chapter concept in the supplement. The second volume of Young Jump Dai Ichiwa also contains a new round of first chapters for readers to vote on. I want to check that out. The cover looks interesting and in general one is, you know, I, I trust one's pen or whatnot, but the fact that they're doing another serialization, like I'm pretty sure that they have something that they've been working on as well. So I'm a little shocked. Yeah, the other story was called Versus. That's what it is. It's called Versus. So I don't know what homie is up to, but hey, if he can handle it, by golly, I say cook. Moving forward, a little bit of gaming-related news. I thought this was interesting. Steam's new regulations allow games developed with AI. Valve Corporation announced on Wednesday that game developers will now need to fill out an AI artificial intelligence disclosure section in their content survey while submitting games to Steam. The company will use the disclosure in its evaluation of the game and if they will display information about the game's use of AI on its Steam store page. Valve Corporation's blog post addressed the legally murky space of AI technology and stated that it is making change to how it handles games that utilize it. The new regulations encourage transparency regarding the use of AI and will enable developers to submit games that use assets that they don't necessarily own. According to The Verge, Valve Corporation had previously rejected several submissions to the Steam store stating a reliance on material owned by third parties. Valve spokesperson Casey Boyle later clarified that the company was not looking to discourage the use of AI and was working on integrating it into the company's existing 
policies. The new regulations specify AI usage in games into two categories. Pre-generated, any kind of content, art, code, sound, etc. created with the help of AI tools during development. Under the Steam distribution agreement, you promise Valve that your game will not include illegal or infringing content and that your game will be consistent with your marketing materials. In our pre-release review, we will evaluate the output of AI-generated content in your game in the same way we evaluate all non-AI content, including a check that your game meets these promises. And two, live generated any kind of content created with the help of ai tools while the game is running in addition to following the same rules as pre-generated ai content this comes with an additional requirement in the content survey you'll need to tell us what kind of guardrails you're putting on your ais to ensure it's not generating illegal content valve is also releasing a new system on steam that allows players to report illegal content inside of games that contain live generated ai content basically they're creating a snitch system there we go new anime report says only bold fixes allow the industry to keep thriving there's no denying the growth anime has experienced in the past decade. Years ago, the industry had a small pocket of fans outside of Japan, but that is all different nowadays. Thanks to tech and streaming, anime is a mainstream medium across the globe, and 2023 was big for the industry. Now a new report detailing the industry's affairs is live, and the Japan Research Institute believes the nation's government needs to get involved with the anime industry. The update comes from Japan directly as a report called The Current Situation and Issues of Our Country's Animation Industry was posted. The report comes from a purely economic standpoint, as the Japan Research Institute is focused on financial forecasting. The detailed report breaks down the turnover rate of workers in the anime industry and it questions how legal the industry's use of subcontracted studios. However, the most eye-opening info comes courtesy of the industry's profit. According to the report, anime studios rake in 6% of a project's total earnings overseas and 16% of domestic sales. These are averages and given how low they are, you can see why anime studios often talk about financial hardships. If anime studios are not profiting greatly from their own projects you can hardly expect animators to get paid well and this is why the industry has a high turnover of course the point of this report by the japan research institute is to group think a solution for the industry's woes if the medium wants to continue without bursting the report says the japanese anime industry should adopt labor unions as seen in certain trade stateside the adoption when paired with an insurance reform and minimum wage boost would help mitigate turnover for these three things to happen studios would need to earn more from their own projects so the report says these companies deserve at least 30 percent of ip ownership regardless of the production committee's size. As you can imagine, these bold suggestions will require government intervention. Things like insurance reform and minimum wage expansion are complicated matters. Still, the Japan Research Institute is confident these issues are key in keeping the anime industry healthy. So unless execs want the medium to peak fast and die young, they will have a serious chat about this report's dire findings. And I'm going to keep it all the way real. I'm going to say it right here and now, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I personally think and maybe not so much on the anime side of things, but I think on the manga side of things, we've already hit the peak and we're actually on the decline. Yeah, I said it. I know people are like, but you don't see the digital sales. Hard sales is the, one of the biggest things that ran this industry. Most people are not going to buy digital when they could just, I could just read it on Jump. I just go to manga blah 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 dot com and read it for free. Why am I going to buy digital? Usually a lot of the bulk of money comes from buying the physical copies. So if manga is already on the decline, and this is not only from that, this is also me speaking from covering each and every week the top 50 best selling manga of the week and how sometimes the number one selling manga of the week doesn't even crack 100k when just three years ago, you'd be 100k, you'd be in the top 20 maybe. Is a stark reminder, in my opinion, that 
No, we've already peaked in, in manga sales, whatnot. When digital eventually starts to showcase their numbers, maybe things might sway. But the fact that they're not providing those numbers also speaks loudly to me and says that maybe those numbers aren't that big of a deal and aren't that great. That's why they're not showing them. The same reason why North America hides their numbers in comparison to Japan. Like, you know, let's just say a successful volume of a manga, One Piece volume, it sells a million copies over there in Japan or two million copies. Over here, it's selling thousands, maybe 10,000, 20,000. It's not anything astronomical. So that's why they don't really report on it because if you know the Japanese sales, you're like, it's small. It's ridiculous. Pause. But ultimately, yeah. I personally think that the manga industry has already peaked and I wouldn't be surprised if the anime industry is going to soon to follow because it feels like anime right now is a, a trendy thing. A lot of people are liking it as a trend opposed to anime fans of the past that no, this is something that I've fallen in love with and I can see myself enjoying for the rest of my life. But only time will tell. Either way, I just wanted to give my input on that. I definitely think the manga industry, it's already peaked. It's already headed towards going from the days of comic books in the 90s selling a million issues first week to, you know, scraping to sell 5,000 copies. I think the manga industry is headed that way and anime industry will be soon to follow unless they shake shit up and we stop hearing all of these horrible things and in general, they get their act together because it's starting to feel like everything is oversaturated too. Like, I have been an anime fan for a very long time and even myself, I find myself nowadays like am i really interested in watching do i really want and that's that there's more anime than ever but yeah maybe it's just my own experience maybe i'm bugging on the numbers i don't know let me know what you think about it moving forward apparently there's plans for a villain saga live action adaptation and i may have reported on this before but essentially apparently there's plans for a 2024 adaptation of villain saga to hit the stage stage plays are titled the end of the sea and the hero a revival edition the performances will take place from april 19th to the 29th later this year and they'll have all these actors like shohei hashimoto ryo kitamura Seijiro Nakamura and Takeshi Hayashino playing Thorfinn, Kanute, Thors, and Thorkel respectively. Uh, and yeah, I just, I feel like I reported on this one, but I'm in a villain saga mood. So let's report it again if we didn't already. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Creator Inc.'s epic new Phantom Blood promo. JoJo's has found its groove by telling the story of the Stars in different generations and alternate realities. In recent years, creator Araki confirmed he would love nothing more than to work on the manga for the rest of his life, which he has proven with the release of the latest arc. So who knows, maybe there might be more after the JoJo lands. In a new release piece of art, Araki has taken the chance to revisit Jonathan Joe star and Dio Brando from Phantom Blood using his latest art style for the story that kicked the series off. Hirohiko Araki released the first chapter of JoJo's all the way back in 87 and let's just take a look at this art that he released of Dio and Jonathan. Dio kind of looks a little bit like Dio but Jonathan yo dog Jonathan was brolic Jonathan was manly this ain't this ain't Jonathan I ain't gonna lie Araki either forgot how to do it or something because that, that's not Jonathan. But salute to Rocky nonetheless giving it a whirl. Why not? Moving forward, we reported about a week or two ago on Forever News after the Japanese earthquakes. I think it was last week uh, that a museum, a manga museum was destroyed. And that was a manga museum that was in honor of Go Nagai. One of the legends of manga created Devil Man, which inspired things like Berserk and whatnot. Uh, well, Go Nagai addressed the destroyed museum following Japan's recent earthquakes. The earthquake in Japan caused serious destruction to the country to kick off 2024 
before, with one big example being the destruction of the Wonderland Museum, a locale dedicated to manga artist Go Nagai. If you're unfamiliar with the mangaka, Nagai is most known for his work on the likes of Mazinger Z, Cutie Honey, and Devil Man. In a recent statement, Go addressed the destruction of the Wonderland Museum and was hopeful for the future. The Wonderland Museum was first established in 09, collecting original art pieces from Go Nagai throughout his career. Unfortunately, due to the fire caused by the earthquakes on January 1st, irreplaceable items were lost from the popular manga artist's library. Luckily, Nagai seems to be taking the news in stride, according to a new statement. Nagai began his statement by thanking those who showed him a sea of support following the destruction of the Wonderland Museum. Hearing reports and looking at images of Wajima, my hometown, and seeing how shockingly different it looks now from how I remember fills my heart with sadness. I've been receiving kind messages every day from people expressing their concern after learning that the city of Wajima and the Go Nagai Wonderland Museum were so severely damaged in the disaster. I would like to take this opportunity to express my sincere gratitude to you all. Thank you so much. Go then continues stating that despite the destruction of artwork, the manga artist is far more interested in Wajima's residents returning to a normal routine. Good guy Nagai. Regarding the museum, I believe that many of the items on display have been damaged. However, because I am currently an active manga artist, so no matter how much artwork has been lost, I can draw more. It's really not a big deal. What is more important for me is the people of Wajima and everywhere else in the afflicted region to be able to get back to their ordinary lives as soon as possible. I would like to help them if I can. With aftershocks and unpredictable days ahead, it may still be difficult to think of better times, but let's all hang in there and get through this. Salute to Gona Guy. That was a beautiful, beautiful response. Not thinking about himself, thinking about the people that were affected by uh, the earthquakes. Quick update on the Promised Neverland. Uh, one of the creators, Demizu Posca. Demizu Posca is always working. Uh, they're preparing a new work titled Misanga Route to launch at Shonen Jump Plus's app. This series will be based in Konami's game Oren and will be an interactive vertical work in which readers' choices will change the course of the story. That is interesting. That is like, you know, it's like a visual novel. I like that. Wow. Wow. I, I wish we could check that out. That's cool. I can't wait for that technology to make its way over here uh, for us to play. Again, visual novels already are out, but that sounds fire. Uh, then we got an update on new Akira Toriyama game, Sandland. It got a release date. Like many other adaptations Bandai Namco has handled, Sandland was a manga first that first started releasing over 20 years ago, and now it's being turned into a game among other projects. The video game adaptation first shown off in detail this year during Summer Game Fest with the latest look it revealed this week. And yeah, the release date is April 26th for PS4, PS5, Xbox. And I'm not even gonna lie, looking at the gameplay, now that I'm getting a little more hip to what Japan is doing, it looks fun, but graphics-wise and gameplay, it looks like a, like, yo, we got a movie coming out. Can somebody make a game for this? So maybe a, a, a buy on a discount type of deal. Why not? Ben 10 creator has a specific spinoff they'd like to make. Ben 10 remains in a state of limbo after 2016 reboot series came to a close. In a recent interview, the creator uh, Dunan Roleo dished some dirt as to all things Ben 10. While the new series has yet to be confirmed at this point, Roleo isn't ruling out the, the Omnitrix from making a comeback and revealed which characters he would love to tackle the universe making a comeback for Cartoon Network. In a new interview with Cartoon Base, they revealed that he was hoping to revisit the adult iteration of Ben 10 known as Ben 10,000. Of course, this alternate version scored his name thanks to having the ability to transform into 10,000 aliens as opposed to his younger self's limited roster. First appearing in the third season of the original anime series, this older Ben learned to master his powers that he had gained from the Omnitrix and showed that Tennyson could do when his potential was unleashed. Duncan had the following to say when it came to a potential spinoff that would focus on the older Ben. Ben 10,000 is a great character and deserves his own feature. 
When Ben and Gwen were whisked into the future, they came into contact with their future selves. Needless to say, they were stunned with what they discovered, especially when it came to seeing how much Ben had progressed when it came to his powers in his adulthood. The episode itself was written by Greg Wiseman, who fans might know for his work on the likes of Disney's Gargoyles and Spectacular Spider-Man. With Wiseman writing a new Gargoyles comic and set to return to Marvel Comics with Spider-Man, the writer remains in action. Aside from confirming that he would like to see Ben 10,000 make a comeback, Raleo also revealed other tidbits about the beloved animated series. While Ben 10 fans wait on word of a new animated project, Roleo stated that the idea of revisiting the original continuity with a new series might not be in the cards. Well, that sucks. That sucks for Ben 10 fans. Then I got just a bunch of extras to run through real quick. Last season, eight chapters of Saint Seiya Next Dimension by Masami Kuramata, the original creator of Saint Seiya, will start early this summer in the weekly Shonen Champion. I always love when they just, I made these eight chapters, serialized them, and collect them in book form. I think that's the best way to do it. Moving forward from that, happy 58th birthday to George Morikawa, author of Hajime no Ipo. God bless, homie. Aniplex revealed a new letter for an upcoming new anime project, this time M. Yesterday was O. Please note that both projects have their own individual teaser websites indicating both are separate new works, and it'll all be revealed January 2024. And then there's a leak that ReZero Season 3 is set to air in 2024, and an announcement at Anime Japan 2024. I can't wait. I love ReZero. And in case you missed last week, there's a Berserk Blu-ray HD remaster that's coming, and we have an official release date, March 26, 2024. So if you want Berserk OG 97 anime on Blu-ray with the dub, the sub, all of the goodness, and looking better than ever, you might want to go run and grab that. And I say all that to say, let's jump into the top 50 best-selling manga of the week, courtesy of Joe's underscore Kef, because there is no Shonen Jump author comments this week. We got 50 through 41, Summer Hikaru died, volume 4, in 35 days, 138k, and it's falling off the chart. That's shocking. Usually, that manga sticks around for a while. Uh, Kill Blue, volume 3, in 4 days, 16.2. That's one of the newbies in Jump, if I'm not mistaken, and that's by the author of Kuroko. Uh, not seeing a big explosion like Kuroko, but everything doesn't need to be a big explosion either. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you build slow, and then in the end, you have a, a fleet that lasts forever. Oshinoko, Volume 13, in 52 days, 400k. Black Lagoon, Volume 13, in 20 days, 143k. Big win for Black Lagoon. Deserves it. A whole bunch of Hitori Goto incoming, Volume 6 and 10, 9, 8, all doing anywhere from 17.1 to 17.5. Uh, then we got places 40 through 31. More Hitori Goto, 17.7. Uh, Mission Yozakura Family, Volume 21, in 4 days, 17.9. Yeah, Mission Yozakura... Unless the anime does something for it, it just, it doesn't look like it's blowing up. We got Jujutsu Kaisen in 402 days, volume 21, doing 1.8, not bad. Mohitori Goto, volume 5, doing 18 this week. Jujutsu Kaisen, volume 22, uh, doing 18 this week, 1.7. Then we got Soso no Free Aaron starting to invade the fray with volumes 3 and 4, doing 18.6 and 18.7 of peace, respectfully. Uh, then we got places 30 through 21. More Soso no Free Aaron. Soso no Free Aaron occupying spaces 30 through 23. Jeez Louise, almost all of this. Selling anywhere from 19.1 to 19.7 of peace jesus christ i gotta get back into it so some of the was pretty dope uh we got at 22 one piece volume 107 in 67 days on or 1.5 million copies that's crazy yo this manga be going on forever and it's still selling big uh, then we got places 20 through 11 kaiju number eight volume 11 in 35 days 316k so, so no fear and again 
with Volume 11 doing 21 this week. Spy Family Volume 12 in 96 days, 1.1 million. Not bad, not bad at all. Not, not bad, that's great. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 23 in 187 days, 1.5 million. Big, big wins. Kindergarten Wars, which I've heard is actually like the highest selling Volume 1. Obviously, this is Volume 7, but since it came out, I think it started either last year or the year before. Like it's Volume 1 won like a rookie award or something like the most selling or something. It's crazy. It kind of makes you wonder what the heck is going on in there. And four days, 26K. Uh, Jojo Lands, Jojo Part 9, Volume 2, in 20 days, 202K. Big ups to Araki, still making bank. Uh, Chainsaw Man, Volume 16, 35 days on sale, 27.3 with 321K total. Uh, Chainsaw Man, you know, regardless of what, even if it's a drop from what it was, Chainsaw Man's still selling. Salute to Chainsaw Man. I don't want to come across as a hater because I think some people are misinterpreting my observations of Chainsaw Man not being what it once was as hating. Salute to Chainsaw Man. I don't want to see it fail. Uh, but then we got top 10, top 10, top 10. Yu-Gi-Oh! OCG Stories, Volume 3 in 4 days, 31.8K. Let's go to the Family Restaurant, Volume 1. How? In 11 days, 103K? Who's buying this? There got to be some propaganda or something. It has to be attached to something. What? Who's buying that? Blue Lock. Volume 27 in 24 days, 289k, still doing its thing. Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 24 in 96 days, 1.3 million with 43k this week. Don the Don Volume 13 in four days, 47.2. I remember the days of Don the Don doing 100k. I'm not sure what happened, but that cover is fire, and I still love Don the Don. So, so no fair in Volume 12 in 21 days, 421k. Sakamoto Days, four days, 62.9 interesting okay we might have hit 87k if it was a full week i'm here for it sakamoto let's go blue exorcist in four days the latest volume 12 is that no blue exorcist is not only 12 volumes in that gotta be a mistake that that has to be let me let me no there's no way there's only 12 volumes of blue exorcist hold up yeah you're bugging out bro there's like at least 30 volumes of blue exorcist i don't know who labeled it uh, volume 12, but you're, you're wrong. <laughs> you're, you're wrong, homie. But shout outs to doing 77K still. And then number one, which is, we spoke way earlier in this episode, why I said Jujutsu Kaisen won't end. Volume 25 in four days, 772K. <laughs> Season two has definitely helped Jujutsu Kaisen to boost back up to these God tier numbers. Jeez Louise, bro. Three quarter over three quarters of a million sales in four days with an epic cover on top of all that. Praise Jujutsu Kaisen. The sales is astronomical. But yeah, that's all we have for this episode. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. I'm Tim, and as always, people have an awesome day. And remember the golden rule: anime and manga for life. Bye. Have an awesome day. Peace. And you guys just watched another episode of Forever News. Have an awesome day. Subscribe and hit that bell to get more. And make sure to check out my album, The Rise of Tim Roosevelt. This outro song right here is on the album and much, much more. Have an awesome day. I notice I say have an awesome day like five times, but have an awesome day. Action. Maybe you can see when I'm moving. Never can I lie to the beauty. Never can I have what I'm doing. Maybe our love is a movie. Maybe our love is a movie. Maybe our love is a movie. Never can I have what I'm doing Maybe our love is a movie